to the Coaching Roundtable podcast. I'm coming to you, crossing the, um, the I'm in Bonnie Doon at the moment, crossing Eildon. Eildon. I know, I know my geography. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and with me today, I have Ashley Drew. And hey, everybody. Hello. So excited. It is exciting, isn't it? Um, Actually, yeah, it's been a long time. It has been. It's crazy um, to think it's halfway through the year. No. Well, it, it was been since I've been back from Barclay, so it's not that long. Yeah. Um, that's right. Well, you're on the, you're travelling, Isabel, and so we um, we don't know how much time we've got with you, eh? We might drop out, so we might jump in. She's still even there now. She's still yep. here. Yeah, yeah, at least I can still see the video. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but um. Yep. So we were talking um about off off camera about um the use of Garmin watches to um uh for recommendations for where we're at training wise. Um, Ashley, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, basically, um, being longer distance runners and ultra runners it, when i look at the data of garmin and you know it says that my running is unproductive at that point in time it's comparing me against all the other garmin users the fact is if i look at my data i run 99% of my running is further than everybody else's so only 1% of garmin users data is similar to mine or less than 1% so when it says my training's unproductive, I don't really believe it. Um, and what I was saying is, you know, for some users or maybe for a lot of users, it'd be interesting to know from Garmin, what is the average distance that people run per week on their platform? Um, How many kilometers a week are you doing? Me at the moment, oh, I'm doing zip. Because for the last four weeks, I, um, so I've been testing new cancer doing- meds. How can it say that you're doing more than 99% of Garmin uses it? Uh, I would not say that that's what it's currently saying. When I was oh. doing 80 and 100K an hour, yes, 100K, yes. An hour, 100K weeks, then that's that's the data yes. I'm referring to. At the moment, no, I'm barely doing anything. I thought it was still saying that to you. But, yes, it says that to me. And I, But I do have to wonder what is, yeah, what is their data pool for that? It's well, very- if it's pulling in, if it's pulling in everyone's data, then you know it's just an average of worldwide users. It's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes and and movie ratings. Well, that's taking everybody's and then averaging it, and that's just the average of everybody. And that's not saying that everybody loves to watch a particular type of movie. So it's the same sort of thing. Big data is fantastic for the average, but running long distances outside the average user. But can I just jump in, Ash? I th- I just because uh, I have a few questions, because I th- was under the impression that it calculated your fitness or like whether you're productive, unproductive, maintaining, what is it, detraining, yeah. and very occasionally of oh, recovery or even peaking. Um, yeah, it's what well, they're the different statuses, not in any particular order. But I, I I'm pretty sure there is. There is a certain degree of truth in it. I don't think it's worth being completely thrown out, but 
it's so inaccurate. It's too generalized. Is that what you're getting at? I'm getting at it's too generalized for you to take that as the only metric that you use to go, oh, I'm, I'm improving or I'm not improving or that run was a waste of time. It's measuring heart rate off your watch and, and factoring it in against your pace, essentially. That's my understanding. Is that right? That's my understanding too, yes, but I could and be wrong, of course. Apparently that's erroneous because um, it's going to be erroneous because the risk-based heart rate monitors are notoriously, you know, unreliable anyway. Unless you've got it, I mean, it's semi-reliable if you've got it super-duper tight that most people don't have it tight enough. But even then, the risk-based heart rate monitor is not reliable. You should not be using it to base your heart rates off. No, it, it has a very low accuracy rate. And even yeah. your chest straps have, you know, exactly. a standard deviation of two or two and a yeah. half percent, which is quite a lot. Yes. You know, when we're trying to run to, let's say we're picking 165 as the heart rate we're running to, well, that means, you know, if it's out by 2%, it's, it's ranging from 161 to 169, you know, yeah, as your yeah. standard deviation. So if you then take something that is only, that is 7 or 8% inaccurate, then that, that stat goes right out. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Do you guys find it, I find it frustrating that it's still, they haven't figured out a way to take in like elevation and how the impact that that's going to have, you know, if you do an entire week where all you do is go hills, 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 or if you've been doing road and then you're suddenly doing lots of hills, your watch is going to think you're unproductive and detraining. Yes. And it's like you're getting all this negative. Yeah. And the, it's like, the, the new, the newer, more expensive watches are starting to take elevation gain into account in their algorithms, but you have to spend a lot of money on a watch to do that. Yes. It's interesting. I also... So which, which watches do that? Uh, I believe the 900 series from 935 or it might be 945 and above take that into account. They start to average that out. Now I could be wrong. I could it, I could be confusing. Well, with I've, some got though, but... I've got a nine four five. I've got a nine four five, and it doesn't take it into account. Okay, so it must be. I might be confusing it with a different brand because I I do know that one of the brands had started to take that into account. It's yeah. Amazing. But ultimately, what it also says to me is that um, we should maybe go a little bit old school and not rely so much on our watches and go, oh, I'm feeling crap, I need to rest. Oh, I'm feeling good, I, I can keep going. Whereas instead of going, oh, my watch says I'm productive, even though I'm hacking up half a lung and feeling like a dog's breakfast, I'm gonna keep going because my watch says it's productive. Yeah, I agree with you completely there. The only thing that I would say from uh, personal experience and experience with other athletes is when you're feeling really good and you think, oh, I might just go out for a bit more. That's that's yeah. a mistake. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you have yeah, to set to your stick limit. But, but maybe we should also just learn to listen to our bodies. Like that's how they've trained for decades upon decades. These watches are only fairly recent, but they managed to, you know, do some fairly solid racing before then and training. Oh, exactly. totally. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about ultra running history 
is you read through history and you go, man, the races that people were doing in the 1800s make the races we do today look like nothing. <laughs> you know, and they didn't pull out because the weather was bad, like it was, or cancel the race because, oh, there's a little bit of water on the trail. Oh, it's God. just, uh, yeah, amazing what was being done if you start reading ultra running history. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. I do worry, going back to the watch, yeah, there is an over-reliance on it um, generally, but even go, like the psychological damage I feel that it does to um, runners worries me, you know, because, and to, you know, you have, especially people who are not getting coached, because quite often I'll say to my runners as a joke, ignore it when it says something negative or, or and and enjoy it when it says something positive, but, or better still, just ignore that sort of, that, element of the data altogether but you know like they would have obviously invested a fair bit of time to create this algorithm that tells you whether you're productive you know it's but it's yeah it's overdoing it and i always say the watch is there to teach you about yourself you know about your physics and and if it's giving you this information that's not um entirely accurate you're going to get a bad idea. It's almost like the same as like people that get body dysmorphia because they, you know, it's like fitness dysmorphia. Did I just make that up? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure either, but I, that's probably a pretty good term for it. It's, um, I think it's with a lot of data that we get these days uh, or, you know, mobile devices. The fact is we've become a bit augmented as in, you know, we are connected to our mobile phone, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, that those platforms are designed to make you addictive. And I wonder whether it's just, you know, they want, it's constantly giving you that feedback because it makes you want to buy Garmin because it has this feature. So it's, yes. it's a selling technique more than accuracy. Uh, you know, as I said in a text message, I think to you guys the other day, the secret to running is run 95% of your runs really slow, 5% hard, 1% really hard, that's it, you're done. Or 4% hard and 1% really hard. And that yep. that's, you know, and then consistently do that. That yeah. will get you somewhere. So sure. you wouldn't say more 80-20? You're, you're going 90-10, are you? Well, I think the 80-20 rule is a great rule that was designed by somebody and we use it a lot. And it's, it's uh, but I would suggest that it's in ultra running, you can't, do 20% of your runs hard still because that's a lot of hard running per week. If you're running over a hundred kilometers a week to be an ultra runner, you yeah. know, 20 K is hard every week. That's a lot. It's an interesting, um, I, interesting segue there, Ashley, into the, from watches. It, it does, it all feeds in from the watch into uh, the 80, 20 model or the 90, 10 or whatever you want to do. Um, but, it's Matt Fitzgerald, I know Isabel has um, spoken to Matt a number of times. He's sort of really popularized popularized that eighty twenty. Hey, so um, you like what do you think? Well, the eighty twenty actually comes from it comes more from research they've done and what they find mm. amongst all top athletes from around the world. All they tended to just naturally follow the eighty twenty rule. Um, you know, it wasn't so much a rule that was created. It was just what was found through research. And yeah, 
And you know, it's interesting because most, I think I remember seeing some of that research where most amateur runners are following more of a 60-40 model. And they're, yeah. you know, they're not running there, you know, doing too much fast stuff. But, but even Ashley's right, 80-20 is good. 90-10 is probably even better. And, um, or 95-5. But like, I look at that 20% because my big question for a long time is like, there needs to be more discussion of what that 20% should look like if we're doing 80-20, you know? And I, I like to think of that 20% almost as a rainbow, you know, like as a variety of paces that you're going to yes. do within that. It's not just, yep. yeah. And like, yeah, right at the very pointy end, you probably got 1% or even less than 1% of just, you know, max efforts and stuff. And, but it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Like how the people are starting to, 80-20 got really popular and then now it's sort of, there's more of a consensus on running faster a bit more. But, you know, like I don't know. I, I like, I think if you want to run fast, sometimes you do have to run fast in training. But it is, that's sort of the, the model. It's only a sometimes thing or a rare thing in a week. <laughs> everything, yep. else, everything else should feel easy, but we know this. Yeah. But that's fascinating. Yeah. Did you guys... We can move on from the from the watches in the eighty twenty because I was going to ask you both about. We haven't actually done a, a little go around of catching up. Um, Isabel, you're on the road. You've passed Bonnie Doon now. Hope she's still there. She can still hear me. Um, she's smiling, so I think she's connected. Um, well, we'll talk. It's, yeah, it's just it's just a noisy road. So I'm I'm on the way to Bright for um, Wandy Cross tomorrow. Um, it's you know forty two k's with three thousand two hundred. Um, so it's going to be a fair day out there. The weather's pretty average, um, and my um, my femoral nerve's been playing up since DU, which means my quad isn't working as well. So you know it just is what it is. But just going out there for a cruisy run. How's your recovery gone, Daniel, from your big race? Oh, good now. Um, yeah, I like I was saying off air to um, Ashley before, you know, we, I feel like last week I probably was like, yeah, I feel really good now. Like, but there was a, the first week I was just very tired and a little bit, a bit achy. Second yeah. and second week out, you know, it's that weird feeling where I was like, I feel better, I feel like I'm recovered, my legs aren't sore, but I just still was really flat, and then um. But now, yeah, now my energy's back. I feel, I'm starting to feel really strong again. And um, I'm going to go and do a half marathon in a couple of weeks. I'm just going to do the um, okay. just for something different, change it up a bit. Um, the Pitchy Richie half marathon. As not the, I couldn't be bothered doing the full marathon, if I'm being honest. I just felt like doing a half because I enjoy it. And, um, and so speaking of running fast, but it's like it's a weird one. The first 14 kilometres is sort of climbing – it's road, it's up through the Flinders. And then the last seven kilometres is this like beautiful gradient of about 5% all the way down to the finish line. Oh, so, nice. oh, so overpacing. So you can absolutely go for it, you know. So that's the plan is to maybe, and it's going to be good because um, Steve Monaghetti is going to be there. It's a small race. And so, you know, oh, cool. Australian great. He's the he's the the 40th year of the Pitchy Richie Marathon. It's probably one of the harder road marathons in Australia, I would say. It's uh quite a bit of climbing from Port Augusta. Yeah. 
I think the winning time is usually. Oh, how much? I don't know, a few hundred metres. It's not obviously not like a trail run in terms of climbing, but it's it's enough. But it, it's basically the first 35 kilometres is a steady up, down. Uh, it's a net gain of a few hundred metres, but you're just going really slowly up, up, up. It's a grind. I did it a few years ago. I did, I did the marathon in 3.52, I remember, uh, a few years back, and that was only... A few months after I'd done a 3:30 road, flat road, so that's pretty accurate for most people. They're usually about yeah. 20 minutes slower. Um, so yeah, but yeah, and um, so that's good. And Ashley, how how's the um the running return to running going? Well, it 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 stopped for a while. So uh, I've been playing with uh, pain med protocols for the cancer, and. Um, that has meant that I haven't been running while doing that so that I don't do any damage. And we've come up with what is a solution at this point in time. So I did my first three kilometer run again yesterday and I'll slowly start building up again, sticking to the protocol I'm on now. So yeah, it's just been a, a pause while we test that stuff out. Oh, okay. Um, and it has- yeah. Still running barefoot, even went uh, mountain climbing the other day, did uh, Mount Flin, uh, sorry, um, yeah, Flinders. Uh, I did that barefoot. So, um, and that was quite an experience because uh, I couldn't feel anything but my feet. It hurt the whole way up and the whole way down and it hurt way more on the way down. It's amazing when you put your foot, when you're going downhill and you put your foot wrong and you stand on a sharp rock, you certainly uh, know about it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was good fun it was a, it was definitely a challenge how's the actual knee feel do you feel okay the knee feels pretty good it's definitely getting stronger and it's getting more stable um i certainly can't do a pistol or a single leg squat uh at the moment but um it's definitely getting better than it was so uh yeah it's coming along yeah it's amazing recovery. You're just you're the bloody um, you're the comeback kid. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Look, the number of times that I've learnt to run again or walk again in the last five years or six years is quite yeah. phenomenal. But then doctors predicted that I wouldn't be alive now too. So you know, we yeah. uh, do what, what we can. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty amazing, man. You're yeah. bloody champion. I I um. Do you like that song? Remember that song that I get knocked down, but I get up again? That's you. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And that's a good motto for ultra running, you know? <laughs> but, well, look, the fact is so many ultra runners get injured in some way. And um, I know that I've had a, a couple of my athletes this year get injured and it, it, they weren't injured running. That's the mm. worst part. They were injured just going about their daily life and tripping over at work or, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it, it's, we all human beings, the, the human body is an amazing thing, but at some point you're going to get injured. You've got to give your body time to recover. You've got to do the right things. And then it's just that it's the worst thing is dealing with your own ego and going, Oh, I used to be able to run a hundred Ks a week, but yeah. I know that I've, can only run 10 Ks this week. 
And that's actually a long way after having so long off and, and, and resetting your brain and thinking that is a long way rather than going, Oh, I used to be able to run 150 Ks a week. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is easing back into it, isn't it? Rather than going, well, I used to do 120 k's a week, so that's what I'm going to go back to. It's like, no, you're going to have to start at 30 k's a week. Or yeah. Yeah. Garmin, so it, Garmin needs an injury, um, an injury feature on it. Like, well, they have a pause feature, but they don't have an injury feature that I know yeah. of. So, so where you could add, like, which part of your body is coming back. Garmin people, if you're listening, get on it. I'll give you 5% of my, it's my idea. You guys, I'll, I'll take the 95%. <laughs> Pick it up. Just, just email me, Garmin. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, recovery from injury, a big injury like yours, though. That's pretty, you know, it, it, would, it would be, uh, it's demoralizing. But you can only think about the week, the, the day you're on, the week you're on or even the very run that you're on, that's all you have to really focus on. It's like that being a really, and the best athletes in the world, they're process focused. They're like, they don't focus on, they, it's really hard not to focus on the outcome, but you, if you focus on the outcome too much, you know, you miss out on a lot, but the best athletes will focus on just the little pro, the process goals, you know? It could yeah. be their, their goal is to run a marathon, then they go, okay, if that's all they think about, they're going to be disappointed if that doesn't come out. But, you know, it might just be to be able to run for, run a 5K in 25 minutes or something and go from there. But anyway. you know, I, I, at, the, at the moment, I just put it down as, all right, we'll get out the door. I'll walk down to the grassed area and then I just start running and I go, right, I'm going to run from this tree to that tree. If that feels okay, I'm going to run from the next tree to the next tree. If that feels okay, I'm going to run for the next tree to the next tree. Oh, it doesn't feel quite right. I'm going to walk to the next tree. Now I'm going to run again. And then when I go, oh, I reckon I could go a bit more, but I've already done enough today. It's time to walk home. And that's yeah. it. And then I just try to, to run a bit further. So, and very slowly build that up. But making sure that every second or third week, probably every second initially, that I drop that week right back down. Yeah, that's good. You need those um, recovery weeks. Um, yeah. I was just going to go back to you, Isabel, if you're still there. I, I wanted yeah, to yeah. ask about, um, I don't know, <laughs> whether you may not want to talk about it too much, but I did think there were some interesting points. The race, that, um, that stupid run you did, that, not that you're, no, the, the bloody Great Southern, is it Great Southern? No, the, the, DU135. Yeah, DU134. Yeah, what about it? Oh, just what it was like. As a race. Yeah, go on, give us the rundown. You don't have to. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, so it was, um, I mean, it was only really a few, not that long after I got back from Canada. So to be honest, I hadn't really done a proper training block. But, you know, I knew that going in. But then I just came up against some issues. Um, my foot was really hurting from, from the trail, like it was really rocky. And and then um, my femoral nerve started playing up, which caused my quad to really hurt. Then my knee, like knee went, everything, everything that could hurt was hurting. I swear to God, it was like my body was saying, we don't want you to do this. And every time I'd ignore one pain, it would make something else hurt in my body. 
So it, it was just, um, it was just horrible, quite frankly. And um, yeah. so I pulled out at 75K and I was actually crying, which for me is very unusual. I don't really, I'm not much of a crier. So yeah, really. um, I just wasn't feeling right within myself. Like I couldn't particularly pinpoint it, but I wasn't feeling right. So I just called it a day because I, I, was, I wasn't going to be going any better after that. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, that's for you, like to feel that way, you know? It must have been because I, you know, like, and understandably, like, how long were you out there? Like, for that would have been a long because it's not, there's nothing easy about that race. Nothing easy. <laughs> you know, it's like, so how many, how many hours did you say you're out there for? I think I've lost that. I think we've lost it as well, but it'd be a few for 75k. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'm back. Yes. You're back? How many, so how many hours were you out for? That's 75k. 20 hours. hours. Take? 20 hours and, um, and I only did 75k. It's yeah, such I, a, that's a long time out. How frustrating. Yeah. And it's a frustrating yeah. race, and isn't it? Very, very, yeah. It's a slow, slow course. It's not it's not a speed course, let's, let's put it that way. No, it's yeah. a highly technical one. Sorry? It's highly technical. Yeah, very, very technical, which, which is fine normally. But, um, but even then, even if I was feeling good, it's, it's not a running course. Yeah. It's yeah. More, more it's it's more of an adventure course rather than a, yeah. a running course. Yeah. And I think sometimes I think that we should categorize trail runs into that. This is an adventure yes. trail run. This is a trail run as in you can actually run the trail. Um, because I've noticed that as we uh, progress down to getting more and more races, they are becoming less and less runnable and more and more adventurous. Yes. Because they all want to be known as the toughest race. And the only way they see of making it the toughest is making it the most difficult to run. Yeah. Yeah, which I find amusing considering that certainly in Australia, um, due to our laws that make the race director responsible for anything that goes yeah. wrong, the second we have anything go wrong with the course, the, the race gets cancelled. Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah, and, and I, I think you can make it tough without making it impossible to run. Like there's, sure, you, you're going to hike at hills, but I, I don't know. I just think it's almost going too far in the um, this is the toughest race mentality. I agree yeah. so much. Yeah. Fun is better. It's okay to have fun and still yes. you can do it and you can test yourself. Look, a flat race can be very testing, you know. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, like, a flat <laughs> flat race is more testing because you use exactly the same muscles, exactly the same way for a long time. Yeah, I'll tell you I what, love that hurts because I get to walk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's it's really. Um, I'm just. Yeah, I'm a bit in your camp, Isabel. I think that I just want to pick races that I. First of all. I've got a few categories. I love a loop race, a single loop. And I think I talked about it last time. 
Um, I love, so I don't like to, lots of out and back sections in races where I cover the same ground more than once, especially if, you know, I want to, I want to see new things around every corner. Call me, you know, it's my little, and then, um, or point to point's pretty good as well. And it's just, yeah, there's got to be a certain degree opportunity, I think, to run, to really run. Yes. You know, like, and and yeah. I think, um, I know we ultra running, part of ultra running is suffering, but I don't think the goal of every race should be to suffer as much as possible. For me, the goal is to um, prepare myself well enough to reduce the amount of suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of seen now that it's a, um, the hardest possible race is because it's a badge of honour to suffer for as long as humanly possible. Whereas if you are, have strategized your race correctly and trained correctly, you should be suffering for as little as possible. Would you agree yeah, some, sometimes I wonder whether that's what ultra running training is about. Is, is it just yes. about reducing suffering? It's, it's training yourself with suffering tolerance. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that every race for the entirety should be a suffer fest. If you've trained correctly, correctly then it, it actually shouldn't be that much suffering. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, the race I just did, the Run Adelaide 100, which um, that was, that for me, that was that kind of race. It was I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I've never enjoyed a race from start to finish where I, where I wasn't just mucking around. Like I was running reasonably, I ran reasonably well and I was quite, I was happy with the performance, but I just know low points. I enjoy, I, even though it's Adelaide and I know it pretty well, there were still lots of new trails that I got to run on that I'd never run on before. And, you know, it's sort of like, because it was interesting because it started, it was like three races in one. It was like, 30 kilometres of flat um, along the river. And then the next 70 odd kilometres were um, the through the hills and um, up and down, like running through the back like scrub and shrubs and like really thick bush, then beautiful single track and then some road hills. It just had so much variety in it. That's that a just, lot, yeah. I was going to say that's variety going out the max. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's the best. It's a. It was a multi-terrain race, which, I, to be honest, probably had more um, bitumen than I expected overall. But uh, I think I, my, my training worked all right because I was still with ten k's to go. I could still run at five thirties, you know. So I was pretty wow. happy with that. Yeah. So. Um, but that's what I mean. You enjoyed that race, and and this is our hobby, isn't it? Kind of meant to be enjoyable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Work is the thing that sucks. Not our hobby. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay to have fun. Yeah, it's okay to have fun. It's okay. Yeah, I yeah. want that to become a little bit more acceptable, that we don't have to go out to suffer. And to be honest, I've tended, I have tended to choose suffering races. That's why the next few months, Ron and I are doing races just for fun, because I want to get that fun back so that not every race is like kind of, suffer fest i want to have some fun yeah yeah well i certainly know a bunch of friends that i used to race with years ago who are still avid runners that don't race anymore and yeah. they do post on their respective socials that they are literally they are going out and running long distances on the weekend like they're doing a race but they're picking stuff that's just for fun 
and they've turned, yeah. they've gone, you know, racing just didn't, it didn't have the fun factor anymore. So they've gone back to the basics of yeah. what is running and that is it should be enjoyable. I, you know, I enjoy training probably more than I enjoy racing. Yeah. So the, the bit that I enjoy about racing is the social aspect and getting to chat to people during the run and stuff like that and the before and after. Um, and But I still actually just getting out and enjoying the run and the feeling of my body moving freely and getting to see new things that is running for me like that's that's why i love it that is, ladies and gentlemen is called intrinsic motivation right there and all the teachers in in the audience go yes yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want though that's the goal it doesn't but it doesn't come about easily you know yeah yeah it's, a, oh, it's an opportunity to celebrate being alive you know i did a Do you have a race that's special to you, Isabel? 
like that you've done and uh, you just love it for the area? Uh, well, know. probably my favorite race that I've ever done would have to be the Jungfrau Marathon in Switzerland. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would be. Well, that right. would be pretty stunning too, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah. and just the right distance. Like it was, you know, a marathon. Um, I mean, it's all uphill except for the first 10K, but. Um, you know, it's the right distance where you don't aren't so shattered afterwards and can't enjoy it. And it was just, it was just awesome. That sounds great. Excellent. I um, I wanted to also ask you, Isabel, because in a couple of weeks you're um, you're going to make a journey over the border to South Australia. Yeah, and, that's and, right. So maybe we should do the next pod. We'll do a quick, quick one while yeah. we uh, just before we head out for dinner, maybe. Yeah. So Shane, you want to jump? You want to jump in on that dinner, Ashley? We'll, we'll book a table yep. for you. Just that um, sounds great. But it would be awesome. But, but yeah, so I'll just go down yeah. to you know something and order some hot chips and eat them at the same time that you guys are eating something. A la carte. That's a great idea. I was going to say, Isabel, because you're coming over to do the Ultra Adelaide, which is the first year that this race is run. Um, yes. Are you doing the 50 or the 100, did you say? Oh, the 50, the 50, yeah. yeah Which I think will be 53, but yeah, the 50. You get all the, you yeah. actually get all the, the best, um, the best views in the last 50 of the yeah. race. So Look, you get ultra, ultra running races are just like wristband heart rate monitors. Their distance isn't very accurate. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's give or take yeah, for it is what it is. Yeah. yeah, give or give or take five, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had to change the course today. We just whacked on an extra twenty k's. You guys will be right. Yeah. Oh, I like it when they bonus for free. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it the most when race directors go. We have to cut the course a little bit short, but you get an extra climb. You know, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, it's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather run. Well, at the end, and it's always at the tail end of the race. Yes. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, you know that Pitchy Richie race I was telling you about. The it's got four nearly five hundred meters of climbing in the marathon, and ah. so so like for a road marathon, that's a fair bit. That's <laughs> you know? a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, but um, that's why I couldn't be bothered doing the road. The, the half marathon's got um yeah. about Enough. half. Yeah, and yeah. so. But yeah, it's we're doing that for fun as well, essentially. And then the next thing, the remainder of the year, as we have, we're counting down, I've got we're building up towards the wild in New Zealand, and nice and uh, hundred mile. And so my main objective with that last hundred was to not get injured and to run reasonably well, and I did that. And so now I'm moving into the next. Basically, I'm going to start my build up in. July-ish to really start the build. And I think, yeah. um, Isabel, you might have to start building as well. Yes. And, like, I plan on using all these races as, yeah. you know, long training runs. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think you've – have you mentioned it in the podcast that you're going to be coming to New Zealand? I, I don't know. So, yes, no. we are going to New Zealand as well. Um, yeah. For the wild, I got in. Crack up. Nice work. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you had to go on a waiting list as well, didn't yes. you? Yeah. For a whole week. <laughs> For a whole week. And did Malcolm? You had no nails left by the end of the week, did you? Yeah, I think it was just um, they were still sorting out entries and that sort of stuff. I'm not really sure. So, yeah, they just, um, yeah. Yeah, I think they're very good. 
I don't know. Um, it, all I know is I got in, so that's that's fine. And we're gonna go over there and then have a bit of a holiday afterwards. Exactly. Awesome. So we um and I we're actually going to be leaving the kids in our, in Adelaide. And, oh, and nice. It'll just be my wife and I because my wife Kate is doing is going to do the the twenty. It's twenty mile. Oh, um, awesome! So, is, is Ron running it? Any of it? You don't need no. it. Is, is Ron going to do any of the? Um... Oh no, he's going to be crewing. He's crewing. Is, there he is. There. Yeah, he's crewing now. Everyone. You could yeah, do it. Designated just... driver. Designated yes. crewer. <laughs> there's yeah. only one. Um, there's only one hill in the twenty mile. It just um goes for a really long time. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just called Mount Cook. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. So it's gonna be good times. A few, lot of so basically, just um, yeah, that's what we're all doing. We, Isabel, we could do a. We're going to be doing a countdown to Ashley's return to racing, and we can do a countdown to um, to our build up for the the. I was wild. about to say countdown in New Zealand. Yeah, yes. and also look at we can talk about preparing for mountain marathons and mountain ultras like um which i know we've talked about a lot but we can really put our training into into yeah. perspective yeah and look at maybe yep. the different approaches we're going to take because we're doing the same race and it and will be interesting to see the different approaches and it'll be good for people to see that that obviously there isn't just one approach because we're all so different mm. we all need slightly different approaches yep. exactly. yeah no, it's really cool. And um, I'm, I'm All right, really... well, I reckon that sounds like a spot to put a pin in it. Yes. Worked well. And well so we right. might... I, I did want to I did want to ask Daniel though, what was Daniel's favorite race? Because we missed that. Oh my my favorite race that I've ever done. Um, uh, it's probably is actually that race I did in New Zealand a few years ago, uh, which was the Ultra Easy, which is no longer a race and um it's around lake wanaka area and um similar to where we're going for the wild same kind of country. that's my favorite race favorite location just because it's the first time i've been in a race where i actually wanted to just stop and take photos and was reluctant to leave certain points of the course i was like i want to stay right here for like half an hour but i have to keep going i'm in a race you know like yeah just phenomenal and it's just like ah. Oh, yeah, so that that one, and I just didn't. That was one of those ones where I just, again, every around every bend, it was just like, wow, wow, this is awesome. I didn't feel like I was in a race. Yeah, awesome. Anyway, That's but cool. running, have have fun out there this weekend, Isabel. Yes, have fun. Have, have yeah, an awesome time. time. Yeah. And um, all right, so I I reckon we we look at doing one again that weekend when we're in um, Adelaide, and we can sort of yep. do a group podcast with. Ashley calling in. Sounds, Sounds good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, have a great weekend, all. Enjoy the cool weather. It's beautiful for running long distances. Yeah. Just take your down jacket with you. Stop the That's it. All right.